You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Well, folks, we are back for another week of Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. And I'll tell you what, uh, I had an incredible guest a couple weeks ago, Amanda Buys of Canaan Ministries in South Africa. And, you know, uh, we talked about all kinds of subjects, including the Hitler Project and uh, hybrids, really fascinating things. But one of the things that Amanda brought up was this data that she has on the underwater spirit kingdom, mermaids, and more. And, and I said, you know, we're going to have to do a podcast soon about that. Well, I got curious. Matter of fact, I couldn't help myself. So I sent her an email. I said, Amanda, listen, it, <laughs> let's make this happen sooner than later. And she obliged. And I'll tell you what, folks, I didn't know. I didn't know. But Amanda is a really hard worker and put together a whole lot in preparation of this program. Uh, I, I am super excited to hear everything that she's going to be sharing. And she brought a friend as well. Her name is Priscilla. Now, Priscilla is a survivor of satanic ritual abuse. Uh, she has a history of encounters with uh, the Nephilim and all kinds of uh, deep, deep, dark secrets of the occult world. And uh, she has found salvation in Jesus Christ and is on her own healing journey. And so Priscilla is joining us to uh, embellish some of what Amanda will be sharing with her own personal testimony. So ladies, uh, welcome to Discovering Truth. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. So I am going to uh, basically turn it over to you, Amanda. I, and, and I have a li whole list of pictures here. So as you go through some of the things you'll be saying, uh, I'll be pulling up some slides. And those of you that are watching this on the YouTube, you'll get to see the images. Those of you that are on the podcast, you will miss those, but you can always find us on YouTube anytime. Um, and so Amanda, why don't you get us started? I mean, how did God begin to open up this world to you guys? Okay. Um, <clears throat> Daniel, it's been quite a journey. Um, and so I just thought to give you a bit of a rundown, you know, as where it all started. And living in Africa and being part of the white tribe of Africa, um, we thought that the water spirits were only here in, in Africa because there's a lot of activity that goes on in Africa. And so um, what happened was I, um, I listened to an, to an interview of a guy that was, he's a witch doctor, and he spoke about um, being married to a um, queen of the, queen of the waters, queen, well, queen of the coast, queen of the sea, but she lived under a waterfall. And he was married to her, and, but he'd met the Lord. So he's talking on a Christian radio station and he says he can't find anybody that can help him to get rid of her because she will not allow him to be intimate with his own wife. Who He now wants a Christian marriage and a Christian bed and he wants it clean. He doesn't want it defiled with the spiritual wife that he's got. 
So um, a little while later, I got a phone call from the radio station that asked whether I would be prepared to minister to him. And of course, I love challenges. And um, so I said, yeah, sure. So when he told me his story, he asked me, do you believe me? He said, because I know that the white people struggle to accept this um, and know that it's true because, um, you know, it's not our world. Um, although it pretty much is, although we blinded to it, but um, him being, you know, African and that's their like culture and that's what they do. Um, I said, no, sure. I do believe you. And I do believe that the God that we serve is able to set you free. And so then just led him through, you know, understanding that he's actually made a covenant with the spirit. And it obviously happened on the bloodline because everything, it goes back to the bloodline. It's generational curses. And um, then, you know, he, he said, sure, you know, we must break this covenant. He doesn't want this covenant anymore. And so he prayed and I led him in prayer. And we really did a, a <clears throat> you know, as much as what we knew at that stage to pray. And then I said, now you ask God for to declare a divorce because he's, the, he's God of the universe. And so this is a spiritual marriage. And he declares a divorce, which he then, you know, he did it. You could see the struggle. It was not easy. It's always a battle. And um, with the bit we had, and I think was very much extra grace from the Lord for us doing this, you know, for me doing this for the first time, um, Ed worked and he contacted me and he said he's totally free. And this woman um, has not you know, there's been a total break. So he's actually been able to have a godly marriage. That's how it started. And then um, we we carried on learning about, um, you know, you have the different water spirits you have from the sea, and then you have also the sweet waters you have from the rivers and, 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 and waterfalls. So wherever uh, people would worship, um, entities, you know, like the water spirits, <clears throat> they would come. Our first book that I wrote was called um, The Four Elements. And that was what, the stuff that I'd learned from, um, from Africa and Europe and putting it together. <clears throat> and so that was, that's the book that we um, that, that I wrote about and bringing in the four elements, understanding that all of the occult works according to the four elements. And so um, I do a whole section on the fire spirits, the earth spirits, um, and, and the, the air, and then, of course, the waters. And looking at, you know, how that all functions. So um, also working in Africa, I went to minister in Zimbabwe. And in Zimbabwe, they have a specific spirit called mummy water. Mummy water, you will find all along the coastline as well. Um, but she is always with a snake. There's always a serpent involved with her. And um, she is um, very powerful. She works very much with um, <clears throat> sexual, sexual acts. She gets appeased. Uh, she wants sexual acts. Uh, she makes covenants through sexual acts. She's very much in the in in the in the um, money, so she's on the trading floors. You cannot trade if you're not if you're not powered up by mummy water. 
Um, then, for example, meat and, and, you know, tinned meat, which you think is fish, but it's not. It's human flesh. You know, that type of thing. It's, it's heavy stuff. So there were a couple of witch doctors that had come out, grand, uh, occult grandmaster, that had been set free, and he was trained in Satan's Bible school. And um, he speaks and he tells his story of how he, he came out of the water spirits. And then there is a snatch from Satan's claws is another book uh, written yeah. by an ex. Yeah. You know, about I, I him. believe that the first one that you're referencing may be Emmanuel. Any is yeah. that delivered That's from right. the powers of darkness, which is actually available for free on the internet um, okay. that, Good. Anyone can Google Emmanuel any and find that story. Uh, okay. Yes. Please continue. Okay. And then Snatched from Satan's Claws is also very good because he tells a story of how Bloodline again, as a little boy, um, uh, you know, burst and then fed by uh, the, the, the mermaid. So, um, and then how he was trained into the powers of, of the water kingdom. So basically that's all I knew is there's this kingdom, you get trained up, um, you get powerful, you get ranking, and there are cities under the sea where people go to, they travel to, um, missionaries have told stories of where they would see a, a witch doctor go into the water and not come up for three, three weeks to three months He'd be gone under the water. And it's like blowing the Western mind because you, you're thinking, impossible. You know, how does the guy live there? But somehow um, I really believed that this could be true. You know, it's, it's, it's a spiritual understanding, I think, that the Lord is, has given to know that the, the spirit world is real and that this does happen. And then, and then how they would shapeshift into crocodiles you know, and, and how they would then operate in the waters, in the different forms of the animals as well. So then we went up to Uganda, where the source of the River Nile is. And uh, uh, what we then also learned is that the tribes, the African tribes, um, they would have different totems that would be their spirits that they dedicate their babies to. So they have a family altar. And then they would dedicate, either it would be like the spirit of the lion. So they would take the baby and then take the umbilical cord. You know that dry piece of umbilical cord that dries from the baby? And then when it falls off, then they, 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 can, they, they put it on the altar. Or if it's now like a water spirit, let's say it's a fish, some other fish that that's the family totem they would sit at the water with a knife and then carve it fine little pieces and drop it like pieces of bread into the water. The fish would come up, swallow it, eat it, and that would then say to them that this fish god over the family accepts the baby. If it does not eat it, then the baby has to be killed. And so um, <clears throat> I ministered to a pastor's wife who couldn't fall pregnant. Um, she would fall pregnant, but then the baby would just 
you know, come out, but shredded, shredded. And couldn't understand, doctors couldn't understand. And then I asked her, I said, what is your totem? What is your, the family totem? She said, the crocodile. So I said, oh, okay. So that means there's a curse that you're not allowed to bring a baby. That babe, all your children need to be eaten by the crocodile. So that means that she'd fall pregnant and at a stage just lose the child, start bleeding. And when they open up and they do a DNC, it's just shreds. And um, so we dealt, but it was very scary because her bloodline, she'd never been taught as a pastor's wife, never been taught that the bloodline is real. It's you've come to Jesus and everything is fine. And you don't need, you don't need anything else in life. That's it. You grace and you're wasting your breath to still, you know, pray generational curses. And then when I sat with her husband and herself and I explained to them and I said to ask him, what's your totem? And he said, was well, some fish. So you can see the waters marry waters in their case, definitely. And, you know, this, they just couldn't have the babies um, until we could break that curse. So um, that's, that's just how you learn. You learn as, as you go, you know. And then um, when I was in, I was taken with a whole group of pastors from South Africa to um, the West Coast and Abidjan, which is there near Nigeria on that side. And they were doing deliverance courses. They were coming to show us whiteys to learn how to do deliverance. So as we're standing there, I'm watching the story and I'm seeing that, that the people start manifesting and then they pick them up and they carry them out and they put them on this big cement block. And as they put the people down, there's a pool of water. And I'm looking at this lot and I'm thinking, these guys all have bladder problems because they, they're wetting themselves. You know, every time they get put on the cement, it's hot. There's a pool of water. So anyway, afterwards, once they ministered to everybody, I asked them, what is the water? They said, no, that's mummy water. I said, how does that happen? No, we, um, we drink water from the sea and we get dedicated to mummy water and so we have powers of mummy water in us and then the body releases it with a deliverance it comes out and you think there's bladder problems but it's it that's how it works then they say to me that they take <laughs> babies <laughs> they say take- folks deliverance is not always clean and tidy i mean even <laughs> <laughs> you do your best, but uh, that's, thank you for sharing that. Yes, please continue. So they would take their newborn babies. This is a whole ritual they do. They take their newborn babies to the coast, to mm. where mummy water is. They would put the baby in the sea, leave the baby for three days. If they come back and the baby is still alive and the baby's there, then they know mummy water is pleased and that baby will become a very powerful sorcerer. But if the baby goes, it's 
it's a sacrifice. And they don't have a problem. It's their culture. It's the way they work. So sometimes she takes the babies and then sometimes you have this very, very powerful little baby that will become one of their sorcerers with lots of powers. So I started to think about where's this in the Bible? You know, come on, Lord, show me. So then I thought about Moses. And I realized when Moses was a little baby, the war they were fighting was water spirits. And you have Moses gets put into a basket. He gets pushed into the crocodiles. The Nile was flooded with crocodiles. And he goes to where Pharaoh's daughter is having a bath. She wasn't having a bath. She has a bath in the palace. She was busy worshipping water spirits, which they do to this day. You will find the kings of the African tribes go into waters infested with crocodiles. And the crocodiles don't bite them. Of course, if they do bite them, then the crocodiles don't want them. Then they they sacrifice. But they have the powers to shut the mouth of the crocodiles. So then I thought of Moses. Moses gets sent in among the crocodiles. God shuts their mouth. He doesn't get eaten. He's a very special baby with very special powers. But they don't know whose powers. So Pharaoh's daughter takes him in. She knows this baby I've got to, I've got to take care of because he's, he's got powers. She raises him. She must have taken off his nappy and, and she saw he was a Hebrew. But she decided no way the crocodiles didn't eat him. So he's got power. So she raises him up in the palace. And eventually he's the one that sets them free from all the gods of Egypt. And part of the gods of Egypt were the water spirits. And even to this day, if, if a woman wants to be pregnant, she'll go to the hippopotamus and she'll go and appease the hippopotamus so that she can be pregnant. Big and round like the hippopotamus. So we've, we've ministered to the African tribes that have not been taught that there's bloodline curses and there are covenants made on family altars with these spirits. So then I I thought, okay, let's fast forward to when Jesus walked upon the water. What happened? He conquered the water spirits. So that's why we have authority over water spirits, because he handed us that authority. So uh, that was just, just sort of the intro of where I was going to understand. But still, okay, but what do you do? What do you do in the waters? You've got power. There's, you know, you, you, you've, you've got to, you dedicate your baby. You, if you want to prosper on earth, you've got to appease these spirits. But still not understanding the, the bigger picture. You kind of like grow into it and say, Father, what is it about? You know, why is there this water kingdom? So anyway, it was mummy water um, was then also what I learned, you know, along the way, along the, uh, the queen of the coast and all those things. Then I saw I worked in prison. I did a lot of work in prison. And when I started to talk on water spirits, they would say, no, but the Muslims, the Muslims get up. 12 o'clock at night, they hold a glass of water to the full moon. 
and then they drink it. And then this gives them power. It's a special ritual they do. And then I realized, okay, this is the moon goddess controlling waters, waters of the body, waters of the sea. So, so that's why the menstrual cycle of a woman is so linked with the moon and then the fluid, you know, the, 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 how it, if, if she has a lot of pain and a lot of bleeding, then it's, she, there's occult, there's connections with occult, there's water spirits and because the moon and the sea work together. And we want to show you that on the Kabbalah tree, Daniel. We're so excited to share with you about what God opened up for us about these three kingdoms, the underworld, the water spirits, and the, 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 the moon, the, the um, constellations, and how the three work in Lucifer's triangle. And so then I learned about Freemasonry. And I saw, but um, there was a guy came into our life. He'd written some books, a very high up Freemason. He'd been trained by the esoteric Freemasons from France. That is the highest lodge in the world on esoteric Freemasonry. It's a very special order of Freemasonry. So he said to me, well, you know what I did? He said, I went and I bound Apollo, the sun god, who's the free, part of the Freemasons. And he said, now I've got stomach cancer. So I said, whoa, okay. So um, he says to me, but you know what I did? What was part of our tradition, and he's an Englishman, he came from England, and they did work in Africa. He said, every time we got on a ship and we crossed the equator, we went through the baptism of Neptune. That's the first time I heard that story. And he said, I did it a few times. And he said, I think Neptune's fork is in my stomach. So I said, okay, Father, help us. Now we start doing warfare, you know, so you go through everything. And prophetically, by faith, we pulled Neptune's fork out of, you know, his trident. We pulled his fork out of his stomach. And he repented for moving out of ranking because he went alone and he hit Apollo. You don't do that. There's, there's things in, in the army of God that you understand there's protocol. And he just went as, a, as, as this wild horse and he just thought he's going to hit this thing. Apollo, of all things, he's going to take him down, and he ended up with stomach cancer. So you, you cannot do that. There's ranking in God's kingdom, and God takes you through the ranking. So anyway, we prayed, we pulled that thing out, and God healed him. It was amazing. So then I learned about this crossing of the equator with Neptune, baptism of Neptune, and we started to do um, research on that, but, but at that stage, left it on the back burner. But when I then got to the Netherlands, I realized I've got to pull this forward. God said to me, pull it forward and start doing proper research because everybody who came on a ship to South Africa, all those that, that came to explore other lands, went on a ship and it was tradition 
that everybody that was on the ship, when you crossed the equator, you went through the baptism of Neptune. So then I realized this is huge because all my forefathers and everybody in South Africa who came from Europe came with a ship. And so we've got lots of work to do. And we all, we all linked in with the water spirits. And then having traveled to Europe, I went to see the different water spirits in Europe. And I saw the, 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 the mermaids in, in, in Germany, the Laura Lay mermaids in, in Germany. And, and just the nymph, the, 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 the nymph castles. And you just see the water spirits. You know, you see Neptune and Poseidon. And you just see these powers ruling over, over Europe. And they don't have a clue. The Europeans and the church in Europe, they don't have a clue these water spirits. So there you can see one of the statues. This was a very interesting one because please note, it looks like her tail is coming from her sexual organs. And we know that the mermaid is very, very much connected with sexuality. And so this is one of the mermaids um, this, this lady who makes these statues have made them, has made a couple of them. One of the strong places in Europe um, is Lake Constance, where they do a lot of rituals, SRA rituals. And you will see that there's strong powers around um, Lake Constance. And so you'll find the mermaids in, at the Netherlands, because, you know, the Netherlands is a city, is a country under the water. And it's just water spirits. And so that is why when God led us there, he said, start drawing now what you learned about the equator and the baptism of Neptune and start bringing that forward. So we did mass deliverance and I led them in a mass prayer. Actually, one of the ladies came to me and she had a certificate and she said to me, her dad, when he was 26, he was on a ship and he crossed the equator and he, he went through that baptism. So there's a covenant made with Neptune. He gets a name change. I've written the whole thing down. If you want to read it, it's in the manual. So you, you go through a whole ritual, you get dedicated. And then from there, you, um, it, it, your whole life is affected by this, but you don't understand what's going on. So she said, Later years, her dad got married and they were children in the home, born from this family. And she said her dad ended up senile. He ended up with mental problems from this water spirit. And when she gave me the certificate, when she you know, handed it over to me, which he received, wow, 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 you know, being baptized in Neptune um, with a seal on it and the whole thing and, and a photograph of him. Um, she just started crying and she said, I cannot tell you the hell that we as a family have gone through because of this spirit. And she said, I am so happy that this has come forward and now we can deal with it. We can break it. So all the seafarers, everybody that, you know, went on the ships, the families, the forefathers that traveled on the ships and, and did their thing need to look at this covenant that they made with Neptune. And so um, we, we prayed, we did the mass deliverance, and um, I got one of their leaders to come forward and actually 
uh, read a whole renunciation and dealing with that and renouncing it. And then everybody was following him, you know, in prayer. And I got super excited. It was a very charged up meeting with everybody shouting and screaming and dancing and, you know, so happy to break with the stuff. And then we tore it up. You know, we did the prophetic act of tearing up this contract um, with Neptune and declaring that, that he will not have a hold on the families anymore. And that opened a way. Now, Pris can share that. That opened a way for the survivors in the Netherlands to start opening up the water kingdom for them. It was all sealed. Wow. It was all sealed. And that opened. That broke it open. And so um, there was another very interesting um, case that I, I, I worked with a young lady by 22. So, you know, I shared in the previous um, uh, interview that we had, I told you that the older generation they did different things with because that's what they had. But the younger generation, it's getting very interesting, Daniel. The younger people are quantum there, um, I mean, it's a different ball game. If you don't understand quantum physics and you don't understand, you know, the way things work, um, these this mermaid kingdom just opened up a whole new world to me. But I, I counseled this 22-year-old and she said to me that she had this pull to the sea. You know, she felt that if she would get into the sea, she'd, she'd swim and not come back. And she had this fear of not coming back. And eventually, um, she, she contacted me. She said, I've got to speak to you. She said, I had this experience. It was a dream. Um, she said, but I went into the water and I started swimming. She said, immediately, I had a tail. You know, everything is there. And I started swimming and I swam towards um, Atlantis. That's a very good picture that uh, Pris can explain when, when she's, when she's going to tell her story about the conch, the, like, a, like a shofar that she's blowing. And can you see she's being trained with dolphins? That's very interesting. The dolphins are always around because the dolphins have got a penis. And so they do the whole sexual thing with the dolphins. And the covenants are made with the dolphins. But Pris can share a bit more about that. So anyway, she, she was swimming towards Atlantis and met up with a merman. He raped her and she fell pregnant. And she saw this beautiful little girl. And here she's, there's a merman. And so um, you can see, we'll tell you the stories about them, um, that they are fighters, that they don't fight in groups. They, 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 they very much on their own, strong muscles. But Pris is going to share that story with you. So what we do then is she, she has this in, encounter with this merman, falls pregnant, and yes, she's got this beautiful blonde-haired little girl, and the gestation was very quick with a tail. And she gives birth to this little girl. And she, they, they, they work so strong on the mother bond. Now, if you, if you understand um, you know, the whole DRD story and how they use the mother bond to blackmail the mothers that have given birth and they are in, the children are in the cult. The children are being used in the cult. Um, then they, they blackmail them 
to to do what they they to still stay cult active and they don't tell you because it's a, it's it's a huge thing they really they it's so cruel because they're working on this beautiful mother bond that god has put in place and so she's connected to this little thing and she she wept for weeks trying to just deal with this trauma that she'd had this little girl so i said oh lord this is huge so let's get to Quick the Netherlands. Just, yes. just to clarify for the listeners, this impregnation by the, the merman. Yes. Did this yield a physical 3D baby in her physical womb? Or was yes. this more of the spirit world? Dan, I can say to you that the, the level of trauma because she still can see the little one. So I would say it's a physical little girl. That, that, that's what I would say. I mean, I, we, can, we can explore that with her because I still need more sessions with her. And I'm definitely going to ask that. Yes. So I'm glad you, you've mentioned it. I will check that. Um, but I mean very real description of this little thing, you know, and that she's still connected. Well, and let me just say this because we, we've run into similar things, Amanda, and, and, mm. and not necessarily isolated to the water spirit kingdom stuff because we, we, I mean, this activity happens with different groups of entities from all different kingdoms. But what we have seen is, you know, there are people that obviously get impregnated by um, ritual events that bring entities into the physical world mm. through energy and portals that they can open with rituals that otherwise wouldn't have a physical form and get mm. pregnant. But yeah. they also will um, have sometimes enough power to deliver an actual data packet during what we would call an incubus succubus experience. That's, I think, yeah. an overgeneralization yeah. of the phenomena. But yeah. it's a spiritual or astral rape that produces a temporary child in the, in the womb. And they harvest it after about two to three months. If they mm. can get it, sometimes they mm. will go one month. But like we've seen that. And when they mm. harvest it, it is a physical yeah. child. But... Yeah. It is not birthed by the physical body. It's taken out during an abduction experience, some kind of trans-dimensional harassment. And sometimes what we've tracked is there's a different dynamic taking place where they just pull a part of that person out of the body into another dimension. And that mm -hmm. alter then in the other dimension can get pregnant and even give birth in that dimension as if it were physical and then mm. be pulled back into the body, but yet the yeah. child exists yeah. physically yeah, in that you. other realm. And so, and, and then we've gotten all these different, and I don't know if these terms mean anything to you, but we've gotten spirit children, electrical children, mm. deadly children, uh, mm. ungodly offspring. Like we've gotten all these different categories of mm. like things that come out of, you know, these encounters mm. and, uh, I, I'll tell you the mechanics, they do get funny because you're like, well, is it this or this? And, and they can produce these similar 
manifestations of the mother bond of this connection. You know, I've met people and it's like, well, we want to get you delivered from this massive entity. Right. And so they go through the renunciation. It's like, is it broken? No. All right. Fantastic. Angels go and get all of so-and-so's queens. So they go into the dimension of that entity and pull out these queens that are parts of my client. And the queens are like, yeah, well, we have children and we're not giving up our children. So good luck. And it's like, well, gosh, where are the children? And then we find all these children and all of these queen parts. And that's why the person can't get free of the entity because this percentage of their actual humanity is entirely devoted to that entity, its kingdom, and their children with that yeah. entity in that dimension. And so yeah. it gets, it gets uh, a lot easier when you know that this is there to be dealt with because now, now I know what to do. Let's just get that. But man, is it a real conversation that needs to be had? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Please continue. Well, if I get stuck, I'm going to call Dan Duvall. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, we're learning, we're learning. So so Dan, yeah, I think I think I learned a lot once the seal was broken over the Netherlands. Once we dealt with that seal of Neptune and the bloodline stuff, the survivors were able to actually start coming forward. And um so I think Pris, it's time for you to start telling us the real deal because you were there, you're wearing the t-shirt and um, you, uh, you, yeah, you've paid the price. So I think it's time to hear what you can share. Well, and before she begins, I just want to put up a few screenshots here for um, those of you that are uh, tracking um, some information about Amanda's resources because she does have several, oops, let me do this. And, uh, you know, her website is org, And she has a few um, resources on water spirits. And so uh, you can always go to her platform to check some of this out. So, yes, please, Priscilla, we want to hear from you. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Go ahead. Well, thank you, Dan. Thank you. Um, no, I think that uh, what what y'all are saying is is so so true, and I'm really happy that uh, these interviews are being done. Um, and I, um, when we're talking about the water spirits, and you're showing those pictures of the books that uh, Amanda did, it's a pretty good uh, description of how ugly. Uh, creatures we're working with uh, they really really are um, ugly and they do very ugly things and I think as a survivor that is something that, that we get very uh, up close with but also the counselors they get um, they, they get um, how do you say that um, they have to deal with it because they get attacked sometimes from water spirits I mean I remember the first time I came to Amanda in South Africa. I brought with me a little present from the Netherlands, uh, which uh, ended up in breaking her water pipes outside of her house. And there was a water shortage in Cape Town already. And I think 
the first morning when I woke up, I saw Amanda and, and her assistant running around with buckets and they were getting the water outside to prevent it from getting into the house. And when we were, it was a physical um, uh, representation of what was actually happening in the spirit. Because um, I, I came from the Netherlands and the Netherlands is a country, uh, a, a big part of the Netherlands is actually under the sea level. So we made covenants with the sea and we put, we built dikes and, and, and uh, all that kind of stuff to to keep the sea and the waters, um, uh, to keep, keep them out. But to do that, you have to bring sacrifices to the sea because the sea just doesn't let, um, let, let its property taken away. And um, so especially for, for the Dutch people who live under, underneath the sea level, which is like Amsterdam and, and places like that, um, there is a lot of water spirit activity in, in, in that um, in that part of the country. And then when I came to Amanda, I brought that with me. So it was a whole whole issue going on. And uh, I remember another Dutch woman visiting her later. Was it right, Amanda? The pipe broke again with the... Right. Um, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just to give you an impression that they are really, really nasty spirits. And um, um, when Amanda came back to the Netherlands and started uh, talking about the Neptune uh, teaching, crossing the equator, and, and that I was there as a survivor, I already knew quite a, quite a bit of my history. And um, I remember that big mass deliverance that she was talking about and everybody dancing and, and, and that. And, I remember, I think I was one of the few people that was actually lying on the ground trying to uh, keep myself together because I felt I was being pulled apart, uh, pulled, uh, how do you say that, pulled apart from the inside because, you know, I had still all those covenants intact and, and, and I mean, you can do a mass deliverance, but if you are not renouncing other covenants that are still there and you have a direct, like I had a direct marriage going on with with uh, with Neptune or Poseidon or whatever you may call him um, so you don't then just break that and do a do a do a quick uh, renunciation and and it's done so uh, yeah that was that was quite a quite a battle and that is when I realized okay so this water kingdom really has has some stuff that I that I need to deal with and the funny thing is that we actually dealt quite late with the with the with the core of the, of the water kingdom in in my programming. Um, so um, I'm just trying to see where to start. I think maybe um, when it comes to programming, I, a lot of people know about the mermaids and and um about you know we we it's a very popular theme actually recently i don't know if you've seen the movies and the series that have come out and um some of them are actually quite accurate about how things work um but being programmed as a mermaid is a little bit of a different story it's not that you just uh, think okay let's be a mermaid and and now you're a mermaid 
And um, what I, Amanda asked me to, to maybe tell a little bit of my story of how they actually got me to, to become a mermaid. Because I think, um, you know, of course, when you have a very, very um, occult bloodline, you, you come with an occultic background and a, and a backpack, which gives you a lot of power already. And, and it, that is what you see with the African uh, guys as well, and the, the witches and the, and the sorcerers. They walk into the sea and they have the magic, magical power to, to become a, a mermaid or merman. But I think with recent uh, developments in technology, what you see, especially I think with the younger generation, is that it's not just a magic thing anymore. They have found ways to um, manipulate your, your uh, DNA to, to uh, you have to excuse my English sometimes, I don't always know the right word. Um, um, how do you say, it? well, manipulate your DNA or your genes and um, so that certain abilities are being put in your DNA. So it's, it's dormant. It's not as if it's there ready to, to you don't, you're not being born as a mermaid, but uh, when triggered or when activated, it, it gets um, um, through the programming, you can become uh, a mermaid. So then the whole deal is how do we trigger this in a way that that um, that you both have the 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 magical side and the science side working together. So what I remember is when I was still like a really really tiny baby. I, I it was before I turned one years old. You you have this. Um, it's, it's like a Venus shell. I don't know if you know what I mean. It's like this, it's a very typical shell. Um, and um, if you Google it, uh, you, you'll find it. It's very, it's very typical. And they, they, made, they, they made a shell like that and it was kind of deep. And um, as, a, as a baby, there was this ritual where they um, got me by my feet, my ankles, and they uh, put me into that Venus shell that was filled with water. And obviously, um, I wasn't able to breathe underwater by then. And um, so you start you start drowning and you want to breathe. And um, at some point, um, I actually uh, drowned. So I, I, I didn't, uh, I was getting out of my body and I knew I drowned. But then... In the water came this entity or this spirit that started breathing in my nose. And, and I came back to life. And, I mean, I was a baby. I, I, don't, I don't know what kind of entity it was, what its name was. All I knew is that I was rescued and that I could breathe again. So there was instantly some sort of bonding between me and that, that entity. And... For, for me, this meant that I was accepted by the water kingdom. So um, they, they are 
training you in many areas. Like I was trained in the water kingdom. I was trained in the underworld and I was trained in the, like in the sky and the earth realm as well. And um, this was my initiation in the water kingdom. And um, as time passed by a few months, maybe a year later, there was a similar ritual. And every time that this happened, I, I started to learn how to call on this entity to, to breathe in me. And then when I was old enough to actually, when they start programming, like the, the programming age isn't the same as the age when they are letting you, getting you used to stuff. Like you have conditioning and you have the, the, the programming. And when I was old enough to really get into the programming, that's when, when they, um, they got me under the water. It wasn't a, a uh, shelf anymore. Or how do you say it? Like a shell. It wasn't a shell anymore. Uh, it was actually a tank of water that, that went really deep. And they, they, uh, they, they um, helped me with, the, um, um, with their uh, hands on my ankles. But they, they really wouldn't let me go. Even when, uh, when I would start to breathe under the water. And this time the entity didn't come. And now what I, what I had to do in my panic was like, okay, I can't. The entity isn't coming, so I have to become it. And that is when something really weird happened. And when I think it activated what was dormant in my DNA, um, I, I was started, my nose started to be funny. Like it was, it was a bit, I mean, I don't know how to describe it. It was a bit funny feeling. And I was suddenly able to start breathing under the water. And I felt how my whole body started to change. And I, my, my feet, my legs started to merge together in, in a way. And, and it started to become very slippery. And they couldn't hold me anymore. And that is when I escaped from them. And I got into the water. And that's the first time I actually shapeshifted into a, into a mermaid. And... Um, and when I look back to it now, I can see how, how I had been confronted like this entity by breathing itself, like breathing in my, in my nose um, every time I drowned, it breathed in part of itself into me. And, and, and that is how I learned to, to, when it didn't show up, I activated actually to that part of that entity to come forward and enabling me to, to shapeshift into a mermaid. Does that make sense so far? Well, uh, well, you are talking to me and yes, I, I'm tracking hundred percent. I'm like, I love it. And, and you know what, um, what you're saying, uh, it makes so much sense. And I'm going to say this, okay. Um, years ago when I would be in sessions with people and we started getting into the subject of merfolk and mermaids and this, you know, uh, 
it was never so simple as, okay, well, there's a problem with a mermaid. So just cast it out in the name of Jesus. Like what we ran into almost immediately was these things need to be taken apart and we need to pull your humanity out of these entities. And that's what we were dealing with in the spirit world and the, in the underwater kingdoms. It's like, we're pulling people's humanity out of merfolk entities. And and I mean, it got even fancier than that because we realized the merfolk could open portals and come into other dimensions where there isn't even water, like on other mm-hmm. planets and um, yeah. they, they can float and fly. But I'm not going to go that far yet because I really want to hear your and to, to talk to someone that is actually aware in their conscious memory of their activation into this world for me is really, really helpful. And I know it's also going to be that way for our audience because our, the, our audience doesn't know everything that I know. So please continue. All right. All right. Good. All right. So um, once, once you, uh, once I became this mermaid, um, that is, you know, that is just the beginning. And, and I, I remember that um, when I first started to get back to these memories, it's like, Okay, so I got a mermaid. Let's get rid of this and 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 get to the next subject. And then it was like, all right, but being a mermaid is is just a starting point because they don't want you to be a mermaid just for the fun of it. They they have a purpose with it. They have a goal. And um, so that is when I started to find out that. Um, being a first stage mermaid that is if you that picture with the dolphins that um uh, that you already showed that is where a lot of the programming started for me with uh, with dolphins um you learn uh, to swim as fast or even faster uh, as dolphins um the dolphins have a special way of communicating which i think is it's called sonar right um and you you they they try to to teach you and to to make you as effective and efficient in communicating uh, with sonar as dolphins are now obviously um um dolphins are god created um uh, creature and it's way more advanced than than any scientist can ever uh, program into a uh, human subject so it was never as good as dolphins could communicate with each other but still it's something that they teach you and and um, and, and uh, mermaids and programmers um, communicating to each other with sonar worked actually quite quite okay um, and uh, also what Amanda already said the sexual stuff that they they do with the dolphins they they uh, that is where the um, sexual mermaid is being created. Um, like not as a mermaid, you can be created in different functions or different ranking. And the sexual mermaid is 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 part of where where they uh, flirt with with guys and and um, and do the sexual stuff with high up uh, people um, and and all that that kind of thing. But one of the other things that um, that they do is getting you uh, programmed to get to the next stage of um, uh, programming 
with mermaids. And I think that is what I call the, the deep ocean uh, mermaid. Um, I don't know if you can put that one up. Um, and this is where, where you get into the next stage of uh, not just being in the water, but um, you also go to um, the deep, the deep, deep waters. And to do that, I mean, imagine a physical, uh, a human body. If you, if you, like, if I jump in a swimming pool right now and I go to the bottom, my ears start to hurt. You know, it's there's pressure and the pressure builds and and your your anatomy is not being built for for very deep under the water so what they do is they start um 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 programming you and 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 teaching you to to get deep 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 underwater until at some point you have to make a covenant with the entity because there is only so deep that you can go. And uh, only when you make a covenant with the entity, that is when you can go to the really, really deep places of the sea. Because, um, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of it, at the bottom of the sea, there are actual uh, portals, uh, but also entrances to the underworld. And um, there, there is a whole labyrinth under the world with with water passages where um where where you can travel from one one place to another place and only those that um that are really high up um will know the way because i mean it's 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 not um it's also dimensional but it's also um like with height difference so you're swimming on one one side and then it's a dead end you know when to know have when you have to go to to uh, to another level, and um, if you don't know, you get lost because they're they're really creepy monsters waiting for you at the dead end, and and um, a lot of people get killed under the in in those um, pathways that are under the earth. And um, can you just take a minute and maybe describe? The nature of one of these deep sea monsters that one might find in these labyrinths. Well, um, if you, if let's say if you go to the really deep, deep part, I don't know um, if if you know the scripture in um, Job. 26 where it says uh, the um, departed spirits under the under the sea something like that um, the departed spirits are actually Raphaim and we know that they are a, a brand of Nephilim uh, uh, to put it that way so when you go to the really really deep parts of the sea that is where you where you will find these kinds of Nephilim and um, they they live there, and um, you also get. I mean, like it's it's the very deep. It's dark, so they also program your eyes. It's like your eyes. Obviously, as a mermaid, your eyes change. You get this little weird thing in front of it, so that 
the water doesn't really get into your eyes. And, um, but the deeper it goes, the pressure on your eyeball starts to get really big. So what happens is that it's almost like as if they turn your eyeballs back in your skull and there's just the white of the eye eyeballs. You can only see the white, I think. And you get, you get a, a special vision, um, I don't even know if it's if it's a physical ability or spiritual ability, but you can you can see in the dark as if it's um, not daylight, but more like um, how do you say that in between uh, when the sun goes down? Twilight. That, sorry. Twilight, like a twilight zone. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's um, so, um, and then the monsters that you would encounter, they are. I mean they are ugly. I, I've, um, I mean, they, there is no one that is going to find, like no normal human is going to find them because they're not going to get this deep. So they don't have to disguise themselves. They don't have to look pretty. And it's, they are truly ugly. I don't know how to, uh, we have some very nice Dutch words to, to describe them, but I, I wouldn't know for sure if I can use this in English. But, um, Chris, did you send, did you send Daniel the ones on the monsters, those, uh, Kuala Palak? Yeah, I sent the monster mermaid. So you can shoot, uh, you can, you can show those, the, the deep, the deep ocean mermaid. And then there is a few, well, little bit ugly mermaids. Well, not a little bit ugly. They're pretty repulsive. Okay. Um, um, that is, that is, um, that is, this is actually quite interesting. This is a warrior merman, the one that you're showing now. This is like um, merman and also mermaids. They, they have a, um, when they have just the tail, the normal tail, that is when um, uh, what they use for swimming very fast and everything. But when fighting and, and like the real, real battles, that is when they, when they uh, shapeshift into this uh, octopus kind of merman or mermaid. And um, it, I mean, it's stupid, but it's very practical. You have much more stability. And you can you have more weapons to fight with, and um, these these um, how do you call those these legs of the octopus? They 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 have so much abilities that you can use them with because you can program each one of the legs differently. Like one can be used for for uh, energetic warfare, like psychic uh, or energy uh, warfare. The other one can be used um with sound that that there is just sound coming from it and um and obviously the ink that it's it's both practical and and uh and spiritual what what comes from it um then the um, i don't know what the picture the like those um daniel if you look at your mail yeah, there's the others. Daniel, if you check your mail, I've sent you pictures of the monsters. 
Okay. Like hybrids, very ugly. Um, that maybe you can take from your mail and you can just take them across. Yeah, I'll okay. just keep. I'll just keep talking. <laughs> no, but the um, um, the ugly sea uh, or the ugly mer uh, monster mermaids, I would like to call them. Um, you know, there are seducers, but they're also the warriors. And um, it's not like you're trained or programmed to become both, usually. It's not like, okay, I'm going to be a pretty mermaid and, and be used in the sexual kingdom all the time. It's, it's, it's both. And uh, often, and I mean, it's the only way to survive. You can't just be, pre be pretty in the cold. You, you have to know how to fight and to, to do battle. And um, so that is how they how they train you um, with with um, and, and obviously in the sea you have different kind of weapons than than you have uh, on land or or in in the uh, sky. And um, another interesting thing. Sorry, the thirty three levels. Have you have you got that picture of the? What no. the labyrinth? Okay. So the that is the labyrinth. It's it's a picture, but it, it won't show properly on the screen. So what what it what it is is that the um, what I try to explain is there are all kinds of levels where uh, the, this labyrinth is built, and this can be both local. So for example, in the Hague. In, in the Netherlands, uh, in that area of the country, there is a youth underground city. And it's actually called New, ba uh, called New Babylon. Very interesting. And um, if, you, if you would um, go in that city, it would be built like an upside down pyramid. And it has 33 levels. And every level has its own domain and its own function and um, the top the, the the smallest level the most deep down is a portal and that portal um, uh, is connected to all the other por portals in other cities and um, I mean obviously that is the easiest way of traveling um, it's 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 much easier to to use a portal or to teleport in that way than you have to swim to the other end of the earth, you know. <laughs> so, um, but but um, there is a detailed information about this upside down uh, pyramid, but I think it would be too too de detailed to go into it now, and a picture would be helpful. So. Um, so what I um, So you were at you you were at how they had trained you to do the deep sea. Yes. How they had trained you to change your vision and activated yes. that ability in you. Yeah. Um yeah. how they had, you know, before that you were talking about they had trained you to be a sexual mermaid. Uh yeah. but then you moved to deep sea navigate the labyrinths, get great power, right? Uh, what came, and, and by the way, I, I do have some of those other deep sea pictures. I'll run through those real quick. And then um, they are small. So you oh, have yeah. to, 
excuse yeah. that, but here's some of those pictures yeah. you sent me. So um, what happened next? Well, um, you also, um, like in the deep sea, it's getting really cold, right? So you, you need to learn to adapt to that. Now, you also have the North Pole, the uh, uh, Antarctica, you have the area Greenland and, and South America, you know, there's really icy uh, bits. And um, that is where you also train to, to become an Arctic mermaid, which is, it, it is just a way to have you make deals with other entities. It's, it's not really about the, you know, yeah, here you see the difference between an Arctic, uh, <laughs> an Arctic uh, mermaid and a bit of a, just a normal sea um, mermaid. Obviously, the Arctic one has a little, a little bit more fat to keep herself warm. And, um, and the other one is basically freezing. So, um, yes, that shows a bit more of the character. Um, this is where you get taught a lot of hunting and, uh, um, in the, um, uh, under the sea, um, but also how to adapt to the cold, um, and, and, and you get access to, um, the bases that they have at the North Pole and in Antarctica. So that is, um, because, you have the operations that uh, in Antarctica, the, lab, the the labs that they have and all that is focused uh, on, on the land and on the sky and dimensions, but it's also very much focused on the sea and uh, the water kingdom. So uh, when, when you are in your programmed state as a mermaid, you will access Antarctica or the North Pole as a mermaid, but you have to do it as an Arctic mermaid because it's it's so cold over there. And so just a very easy illustration. It could be that I would uh, I would have I, I would be called up to to, uh, for example, um, go first to a part in the in the deep sea. I would access the sea just and the moment I would hit the sea, I would, I would, I would uh, shapeshift into a, a mermaid, a normal mermaid. And that is when I'm really fast. So I get really, really fast uh, to the place where I'm called up to. And then I go deep as I'm diving deeper, I am shapeshifting or adapting my mermaid suit into a, deep sea uh, mermaid. So then I have an assignment over there, do whatever I needed to do. Let's say that they're then from that place calling me to uh, the North Pole. I, um, I go back uh, to the normal water, shapeshift back into the really fast mermaid, go to the uh, North Pole and the moment the waters get too cold for me, I shapeshift while I'm going into a 
Arctic mermaid to be able to reach my goal over there. So it's, it's not just this, okay, um, uh, I am only programmed as a deep sea mermaid or only programmed as an Arctic mermaid. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a combination of things that as they, uh, as they are programming you and they see how far they can go with you, with when you come from a very high bloodline, it basically it's it's it has no limit. Um, that is that is how they um, how they say that pro progress you or something. Um, the same is with um, the next level, which that is actually hierarchy hi hierarchical. I think that's the right word. Um, I, that, these are the picture, pictures with the um, queen, queen of the, mer the mermaid queen. Yes. Now these pictures here you see, we already seen the male version of this, the merman version, and those are the really the, the warriors. But with with the female version, this is when you when you get promoted in a way to to be the queen. Um, or to be a queen in the water kingdom. And um, so I, I heard a, once in your show, you talk about the mothers of darkness and there's only a certain amount of mothers of darkness um, around. And um, this, it's the same with this, the, mer the, queen, the mermaid queens, there are only a certain amount of, of mermaid queens around. And each of them have a domain where they rule over. So for example, you have um, uh, the Sea of Barents, I think it's it's in, uh, around the North Pole, or you have the North Sea or the Mediterranean Sea or part of the Pacific or uh, in uh, there at Florida, you have the Mexican Gulf, right? The, that's actually a pretty, pretty crazy part of the sea where a lot of weird stuff happen. But uh, let you have. Uh, there will be one queen who rules over that part of of the sea, and once you are a queen, and not everybody will become a queen, you really go over dead bodies, literally. Um, that is where you have uh, learned to fight on a level uh, to kill whatever needs to be killed and um and that is where um you've you in a way you 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 really made a deal with the with the devil but i mean <laughs> literally the devil and um and and he assigns you over a portion of the of the sea and um and then there is also um uh, a queen that is the queen of the queens, obviously. Uh, I didn't get that high up with, I wasn't the queen of the mermaids, or, um, but I did get to being a mermaid queen. And uh, that is, I mean, you got, you have to renounce all these things, the covenants that you made, the, um, the, the blood that is on your hands, the, the, I mean, it's really, it's really horrific. Um, it's not only the trauma that they do to you, right? I mean, it's e all right. No, it's not easy, but it's easy to be the victim and to to um, uh, to stay stuck 
at being a victim. But there's gonna be a point where you, when you get to this level and you are a queen, like a mother of darkness or a queen uh, of the mermaids or that kind of uh, ranking, you've, you've got to step over to the side where you've become a victimizer, where you have become a programmer, where you have become a murderer, where you've become, I mean, everything that God has forbidden, that's what they make you do. And, and um, you're not going to get healed if you're not willing to, to deal with that side of, of yourself in a way. So um, that, that always is a very rough place to be, to um, encounter that part of yourself um, and taking responsibility for, for, uh, for, what, for what I have done because it's my it's it's part of me who did it i can't i can't just say well it was my mermaid part i can't blame it on my mermaid part it, it was me it was my humanity that has to take responsibility for for what i've done even though they made me do it so that was that's always intense when when you get to that phase in 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 the healing journey That's very well put. And I, I appreciate you bringing all of that out. I think one of, yeah, okay, look, there's a lot more people that are involved in this. There are people that are going to listen to this program that are going to be triggered extraordinarily because they are involved in this world. And there's several layers of the dissociation. One, uh, the false reality overlay that people are just people. They walk around and then they die at 75 and they live a life where they work at, you know, their job and have a family. Like, it, you know, it's a lot more complicated than that, especially for some of us in our bloodlines. Uh, but once you get past that, personal responsibility is a major, major, major reinforcement protocol and backup program on dissociation. Because the moment I have to come to terms with how much blood is on my hands, I want to re-dissociate and pretend like it can't be true and buy back into the false reality overlay mm -hmm. that it's not reality. And yeah. uh, I, I just love the way that you are saying, look, not only do you take responsibility, but look, that's what Jesus died for. Literally, that's what Jesus died to get us out of. He, he took responsibility. He is yeah. the one who justifies us. So what do we have to fear? Um, not his rejection and not his abandonment. That's for sure. So, um, wow, 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 wow. My gosh, this is, this is so fascinating. Look, my audience is going to hate this, but we're almost out of time. I, I, however, know, Amanda, that you had something on the hippocampus that you really wanted yeah, to hit. I did. And I did. so please tell us about the hippocampus connection before we close. Whoa. Okay. Um, Daniel, there's, there's actually quite a bit that we'd like to um, speak to you about the Kabbalah too. I mean, this is all goes back to the Kabbalah tree. Are, are you, are you saying that I have to invite you guys back for a round two? Is, is that what's happening here? Because <laughs> look, don't tempt me. I will do it. The hippocampus, the Kabbalah tree, a whole lot more. All right. Folks, yeah. She just did it to you. There's a whole lot more, but you are not going to hear it right now. No, sorry. Game over. 
<laughs> this I know it's like terrible, right? It's like to be continued. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. we will continue eventually. Yes, Amanda. Can I, I just can I wrap up with one thing that um, just, just to just to seal what we've spoken about and everything you've heard, and and what I was struggling with is why all these water spirits? Why all these things? You know. Um, the war is coming from the water, these mermaids being trained, these mermen, the ranking. Now we've got them underwaters going at speed, high speeds. And then I meet up with Navy girls and those that are trained in the Navy. And they get call-ups <laughs> on was, the Navy. I was trying to stay out of the super soldier realm, but yes, <laughs> we'll probably have to hit that too. So, okay, go ahead. But just to wrap up, hmm. is all of this, the water kingdom and everything to do with what we've learned and the mermaids, they start with dolphins and they start learning to swim with the dolphins and Russia. Remember we spoke about Russia last time. Russia trains their soldiers with dolphins. So they do a lot of training in the waters. They have huge tanks like aquariums, tanks where they will train up, um, now listen to this, seahorses. Because a seahorse is the only entity that carries a baby. So they will create mermaid parts to be a merman, just like a survivor that has male parts. If she's a female, they do the same. And they are trying to cross the bridge so that they can get to a place where they can get men to carry babies. Why? What is this all about, Dan? And this is what I want to wrap up with. What is all of this about? Seahorses, all of the fighting in the waters. Just to tell you that the end time battle Armageddon that we all know about. We've known about the super soldiers. We've known about everybody that's going to wake up, the sleepers, the water spirits, the war, the Armageddon war that's going to be fought is going to come from all sides. And there's a huge army being trained in the waters to fight from the waters for the day of the Battle of Armageddon. And, you know, folks, I'll just end with this. Two things. One, Revelation 13 does talk about the beast from the sea. Let's not forget that. And two, in Habakkuk, when you actually see Jesus or the Messiah walking uh, the earth in, in, in what seems to be a second coming context, it says he walks through the heaps of the waters. What, what would he be doing underwater at his second coming? Well, we're, we're, we're going to have to have a part two. Ladies, thank you so much for your time and um, your willingness to come on and share so openly your, the robust knowledge and experience that you are bringing. I, I know that everyone that hears this will greatly appreciate you guys. Again, um, Amanda's ministry is Canaan Ministries, and uh, you can find her at CanaanMinistries.org. So until next time, God bless and God speak. Thanks, Daniel.
You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.